As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome into the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growlin, Paul Yner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic coming to you live from our hotel rooms in Indianapolis. <laughs> you know, we could do it in person, but you know what? It just sounds better. We can bring it to you if we do it this way. So you're getting both of us in separate hotel rooms, but here in Indianapolis, the scouting combine after a day that Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin spoke uh for we had about an hour of hearing from the two of them so a lot to get to jay how are we doing great we're, for the people who don't know we're we're not only in separate hotel rooms we're in separate hotels i was trying to hoping you would have your artwork behind you and we could see which room has the better artwork oh uh, yeah the better hotel artwork i i don't even know what mine is it's some sort of weird field which doesn't make any sense here in Indianapolis. But <laughs> no, guess what? I don't care. We're here to make sense of the Bengals for you. And that involves, um, w- w- this is going to be kind of heavy hearing from Duke, mm-hmm. um, specifically, who we really haven't heard from uh, since, I guess, really publicly since Mock Turtle Soup. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a lot happening with the Bengals, most notably uh, Joe Burrow's massive uh contract extension and if it will not will or will not happen i appreciated that that was the first question thrown at him the moment he got done with his opening statement (laughs) all right let's talk about joe burrow's contract um and he sort of went from there there was a lot of different times and places just for setting up what happened you know there's a podium and sort of anybody that's here that's a national uh, reporter can fire questions away at the podium, and that goes for about 15 minutes. And then they pulled Duke off to the side, and he just talks to us from since that are Cincinnati local media. And that's more the session where we're able to kind of get more into the specifics and the nitty gritty that you guys want uh, to hear about what's going on. Um, so, in both places, there were lots of questions about Burrow and and the potential mm-hmm. extension. He opened by pointing out. It is not done yet. 
That is an important note. It is not done yet. <laughs> However, there's a lot of other things to say about the timing of it and things like that. There's I want to bring you one little piece. Well, there's two pieces technically. One is is from him at the podium. At the end of this, though, is literally the last question um, I asked on uh, on the side, and it was just asking Duke. Uh, about what a lot of people talk about. Is Joe Burrow going to do the Tom Brady deal? Is he going to structure things <laughs> so that everybody else can stay around him? Right, Jamar Chase talking about, oh, Burrow knows how to do this, this structure, and he's got ideas. I was curious about that. So here's a little bit of Duke Tobin uh, talking about Joe Burrow and his potential contract extension. Well, we're, we're going to worry about it first, and we'll see when it gets done. Um, you know, we, we have some ability to control, you know, the cap hit for year one with with doing some other things, but we'll we'll see how it goes. It might, maybe it's the first piece to come. Maybe it's the last. We'll work towards it. Um, I, I don't think we're totally handcuffed with some other things as, as the process plays out, but obviously sooner is better, but uh, we're not going to rush the process. We're going to try to get the right deal for Joe in for the Cincinnati win. Has he had thoughts on the structure that have been like, oh, that's nice that you're thinking of, thinking of, I think people talk about thinking of his, you know, wanting to build it so that guys can stay around him versus, you know, other things. Um, I, 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 I think Joe understands better than most people. And, um, that's what makes him a great player. Yeah. Is is Joe sees the big picture not only after he takes the snap from the center, but when he's walking around the locker room and going to practice and uh, you know working out in the off season. Joe sees the big picture. That's what makes him great. Joe sees the big picture. That's what makes him great. Does it ever? I mean, that's kind of the point, right? As if this guy can't do enough things to make the Cincinnati Bengals and the city of Cincinnati love him. This was not Duke Tobin to me confirming that Burrow's here to take the greatest structure ever, but it's here to point out that Burrow's very much aware of structuring things in a way that can keep this team winning and keep his pieces around him. I thought it was the most interesting thing said all day. That's the first time I heard it. I was so slow getting over to the side session. I was in a very bad spot and you and I were on the opposite side of Duke and he was turning and looking. I could not hear what he was saying. I actually, I realized it when I went back and was transcribing that I asked him a question that you had already asked him because I didn't hear it live. So that, that, that was, that was one of the, that is. That that is. I mean, I, I wasn't one of the biggest takeaways before we started the show because I didn't really hear that quote in real time. <laughs> but that is uh, that that that's very very meaningful. And you know, I thought it was funny too when when Zach was asked about taking a quarterback number one overall and what advice he would have to whatever team uh, ends up picking number one this year if the Bears trade out. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, just draft Joe Burrow. We already did it. Uh, somebody else is going to have to figure it out. But uh, that the key to the success is drafting Joe Burrow, and he is. He's he's meant so much to this team. Um, that's not breaking news, but the the idea that that it's not gimme 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 that that he is going to do what's good for him, but also do what's good for the organization, I, I think is going to make a lot of fans and a lot of people in that front office pretty excited. You know, and another interesting element that Duke discussed with this was, you know, the idea of, okay, ha- you hear him say it there, uh, you know, it is the first, it was the first thing, they, they mm-hmm. the first priority. We've talked about that, the concept of because it's such a landscape changing event, how much, 
you know, can you even go forward this offseason um, until it's done? And and he pointed out that, look, we've started these conversations have been ongoing. They've clearly been encouraging. And, and I'll read you another quote. He says, I think we've got an idea of what that deal is going to look like, whether it's done in completion or not. He you know, goes on to say, I don't have predictions on when something might get done, but it's a vital of importance to us, it's important to Joe. There's things that you can control in the first and second year cap numbers, and eventually the dollars have to count, and they want to be responsible on how you count those dollars so you don't get into issues as they go along in the out years. Just can't predict when it's going to get done. But his point was because they feel like they know the range, and it wasn't, you know, I don't think he was confirming we know exactly what the numbers are going to be, but I think there is a thought that they kind of know where these numbers are going to be. You know, and and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of what the structure looks like down the road. So when you know that, and when you've got a feeling on what year one and year two will be, I don't think it is. It's it's very very plausible to go forward through free agency and make deals with that in mind, even though there's no ink on the paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, like you said, they're they're not starting here. They're starting right here. It, it's it. With Joe understanding what needs to be done, with with them having a good idea of of what this is going to look like, it's 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 down to the details. They, they they're able to structure this contract even before they were able to have him sign it. They they've been working on this for a long time, and um, they're they're start they're starting. I don't want to say they have a head start, but I mean they they are far along in the process. Given when how. how recently the season just ended and i i do this is not going to be something that that drags out but it doesn't mean it's going to happen before the start of the new league year either and if it doesn't happen before the start of the new league year it's not going to be a detriment on the decisions they have to make uh one nugget that's interesting um that in that sort of started talking about here is that so the big deal obviously with this is you're gonna have to guarantee so much money. That's just what a quarterback contract looks like. How much, who knows how much is actually guaranteed again, that goes back to that structure element or, or when they hit right, rolling guarantees, things like that can all happen to have some of your, your cash payouts and things like that be down the line. But bottom line on that is, is a, a lot of the cash outlays has to go into escrow. And a lot has been made of that um, because it's so much and it's why it's now Paycor Stadium instead of Paul Brown Stadium. And there you have all the other th- things that they've done to collect cash. Um, the, at the deadline, when that S, the money that has to be paid into escrow hits is March 31st, the end of March. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they don't sign, the, if they wait to sign the deal until after March into April, then you don't have to pay that out. It doesn't go into escrow until the next March 31st, 2024. More time to take all of your money that you're giving to them <laughs> when you pay for season tickets and new merchandise and everything else uh, and and have the cash payments that they've gotten from people like Paycor and whoever that have, that have bought these sponsorships to continue to have more cash on hand. All part of the process, right? Especially And for a team that was 30th, I think it's 30th. I can't remember if it's 29th or 30th in cash spend last year when they've for the last six years been in the middle. You know, you usually they they like to live in the cash spend area between 10 and 20 ish, 20th ranked. 
They were purposely spending low on the cash in preparation, rolling that on-hand cash over for part of what was coming. That's all part of this. So keep that in mind. Why isn't the deal done yet? I mean, it, it could be advantageous for them to wait so that it rolls over when they have to put the money in escrow. I mean, it almost seems like that's the way it should be. I don't know where they're at. Maybe they have the money right now and they could, but like, like I was saying earlier, where they've been working on this for a while, they, they front load the, the naming rights with Paycor and get a bunch of that money up front. You backload Burroughs contract where the, the bigger money comes towards after year two. It just, it all makes sense. It all falls into line. And if, if, if they can afford, even if they can't afford to get it done before March, it just makes more sense to, to kick that giant escrow payment one year into the future. Yep. And and Duke Tobin not commenting specifically no. on other, any of that other than saying, you know, they haven't put any deadlines on themselves yet. The bottom line is I thought on that topic, you know, it was an encouraging day um, for the tone, for the things that were said, for feeling confident in the way that they can go forward um, this offseason, even without a deal done. I thought all of it sounded really good and, and and i know i i like i i debate this jay jay and i are talking about this today i don't know how much you guys care about the weeds like getting deep <laughs> in the weeds of joe burrow contracts and things like that um so i don't know how much you want to hear that but i think if you what you do want to know is the bottom line the bottom line is this deal is going to get done it's okay. going to get done at a time and burrow and the Bengals are both really dedicated it sounds uh to making it be something that can work and keep pieces around all right let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. One of those pieces could be T. Higgins. You might have read in the Atlantic that he could be traded. Uh, And... That has sort of sparked um, Jersey swaps and lots of internet trade rumors. And should the Patriots give up 14 and a third uh, for T Higgins? Is he going to go? And really the thing they were most adamant about today, Jay, uh, was the T Higgins trade rumors. Duke Tobin called them ridiculous. Zach Taylor called them nonsense. They laughed them off and said, "If guess what? If you want a good receiver, go get your own. <laughs> Not here to make your team better, Duke Tobin said. I've heard that line before. Yes. Here's a little bit more on T. Higgins. Duke, what makes T untradeable? 
Oh, untradeable. I, I he's a good player for us, and and I I just uh, in in my mind, why would I want to give up a good player for us? He's a valuable component of what we do. Yeah, we drafted him for a reason. We've developed him for a reason. He plays for a reason. He's under contract to us. He gives us the best chance to be a, a successful football team. And like I said, you know, earlier, I'm not in the business of, of trying to figure out how to make other teams better. I'm in the business of trying to keep our team at the top. Well, What's the big, your... I think the big question with, with T, though, is that, you know, you have the Burrow extension coming up tomorrow. It's going to be extension out for next year. And T as well, given the receiver market, it's hard given what those contracts are to fit all of those usually under the cap. Maybe, may, maybe, maybe not. But they're under contract right now, and you might have thought that far ahead and want to want to start breaking down our team. But I don't think that way. I really don't. You know, he's a big part of what we do. He gels great with our quarterback. He's a uh, he's a he's a great piece of what we've developed on offense, and uh, we're not looking to start over right is, now. Is, I mean, how how. How have you looked at all what the challenge would be like of keeping two top receivers at that at that price point? We look at a lot of different things. Uh, we also look at the fact that uh, what he does for us as a football team, and he's under contract next year, and we'll talk to him perhaps as the as the off season goes on, see if there's something we can uh, come to an agreement on or not. Uh, he's eligible for that. It's not a necessity. But uh, it's uh, it's something that can be done, and, and we'll see. Sounds like you thought a lot more about this uh, uh, than I have. I don't overthink it. He's a good player for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I tend to keep him that way. I mean, Duke, Duke's points. There's a few things. One, uh, he's under contract. Heard that a few times, and it's not a necessity to sign him to an extension. Duke, you know, talking. I think his tone there is. One, he'd been answering already a lot of questions about T. Higgins, but is one of like, look, he's thinking about the now. They're thinking about a team that has been an eyelash away from winning a championship two consecutive years and is focused on what it is now. That doesn't mean that they're not going to look at an extension. You know, I thought the way the extension was discussed was kind of telling. It's like, look, T's got to play under, he's under contract with us and he's got to play under that contract. And I think that tells you maybe something, but again, have negotiations, talk to T and his camp about what could be done, but T is under contract. It's not a necessity to do a deal I thought stood out to me today. Yeah, because obviously they would like to get one done. I'm sure T would like to get one done, but they just they've gone through this the last two years. It's I mean, it's the same agent. It's it's the the same agent for T is Jesse Bates. It's the team has all the leverage here. That's why no, they're not going to trade him because they don't they don't need to. I I could see T sitting out the off season and maybe a little bit of camp and doing kind of what Jesse did, but he's. He doesn't strike me as a guy like much like Jesse that's going to be a problem. That when push comes to shove, he's going to be there to play. Now you don't know that it could get really contentious. These these contract negotiations sometimes do, but what he he just doesn't have. He could sit if he wants to hold out. Then he he still has to play under the. He doesn't get the year of of, of playing a, a accredited vested year. So. You're back in the same position next year. 
Right. Yeah, he's playing. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, he's not. That's, gonna it, not that's play. his only. Yeah. That's his only leverage is to not play, and that's not going to happen. So, right. yes, the, the team holds all the cards here, and you're going to see T. Higgins in Bengal stripes this year. Happy, maybe, maybe a little surly. Who knows? Who knows where this is going to go? But you, you know that it, it's it's not. They're not entertaining these thoughts of trading him, and they're 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 not entertaining thoughts of, of just playing hardball either they do want to talk to him they do want to see where they stand start the process and the thing that i thought was interesting too with duke was because i mean they basically laughed it off the idea of trading him but but saying it's not my job to make other teams better that that's not mutually exclusive if, if a team comes in and offers you a one this year and a one next year you're there, there's a chance you're making your team better like he said they don't want to start over but if you can get an elite wide receiver this year and, and then you still have 28 and then you get another first round pick you you did you made your team better but it's there's always that question you don't know how draft picks are going to go and they know what they have in t and they want to hold on to it yeah and it's and it's unrealistic that i mean i guess it, you never know what people would offer and people get crazy mm-hmm. but it's unrealistic to think that what they would need to get feel like they were getting better getting yeah. rid of that guy is is you know a, a stupid number that probably no one would ever be willing to part with mm. because of how high they value T Higgins and and want him to be around. So they laugh that off. And 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 again, it goes to the whole thing. Can they pay T and Chase and Burrow? Mm. I, I just I do think that certainly it's something they've considered, but they're they're still at step one with Burrow. So right. taking yourself down that path, I think the one thing is Burrow's first. Okay, they clearly this is not going to be a thing where they're going to do Higgins first, and and you could have like ways where you're trying to do it all, and you have Burrow hold on, and he doesn't go till next year, uh, and that you're trying to space things out or whatever. It, it sounded clear Burrow's going to go first. Talk to T. Good chance he gets tagged next year, uh, for twenty five million dollars. By the way, would be that number twenty four point eight technically, um, is the projected wide receiver franchise tag next year would they be wanting to pay somebody 24.8 million dollars on the franchise tag that's a lot of money uh who knows but they're not going to that point yet they'll see what happens you know when you talk about trades i always think that the conversation of the higgins trade would always be about next year would be about a tag and trade type situation that you see happen sometimes i don't you know we'll we'll see what happens but uh, you do worry about it being contentious. Guys don't get paid. Guys get it, it messes with the chemistry. It messes with their energy. It messes with the you know Jesse Bates talked about feeling um, kind of depressed and frustrated by the way things mm-hmm. went down when he had it the first time. The, the discussions and didn't feel like they valued him the way he thought they did, and that can hurt feelings. You worry about that, but I don't think you worry about them not having Chase Higgins and Boyd and Burrow out there together this year if they want to because. That's what they want to do to go try to win a championship. I thought that was an underlying theme of today. All right. Next, let's talk about, let's see, what should we do? Offensive line. You guys want to talk about offensive line. I know you do. (laughs) Um, Let's go a little bit into uh, Duke Tobin talking about the Bengals offensive line, and we'll, we'll go off what he says. Duke, how much um, with LC are you 
kind of tracking him coming back and how much does that affect your aggressiveness that you can do at, at tackle with that injury? Well, anytime somebody's coming off of an injury, you want to get them as far along as possible before you have to make any decisions and, and see if they're going to be able to fit the bill next year. And, and you know, Elsie's going to work super hard at it. He's already doing that. You know, he's made of the right stuff. Uh, time will tell. And, yeah. and I can't sit here and, and tell you what time will tell. Yeah. I, I just know that time will eventually tell. Do you have to think more about contingencies because of that? I mean, you have to kind of have a, a stronger yeah. I, insurance I think we're, plan. you're always looking for insurance plans, particularly when you're talking about the offensive line. Yep. And so you want to have guys developing in the background, and you want to have options uh, to, to move to if, it, uh, if, if you need to. On the other side, how do you how do you feel like Jonah played, and how do you what do you view as his you know fifth year with you guys? What yeah, you know like? we we picked up the option. He's going to be with us. Um, you know we we think he's a, a very good offensive lineman, very good left tackle. Um, again, when when you play tackle in this league, you're never going to be perfect. Uh, nobody is going to be perfect. People are going to get beat. You're, you're playing Miles Garrett. You're, you're playing guys that are that are rare, and they're going to win some. And uh, but. But uh, Jonah's a, a very good player. We're happy to have him. And, uh, you know, we think he played pretty well this year. There, How do you think there wouldn't the, be any thought of moving him? Would there? Just he's, he's a left tackle and that's it. Yeah, those would be questions for Zach and Frank. Those wouldn't yeah. be questions for me. But yep. he's played left tackle for us, and we've been able to win with him doing that. Yep. How, do you think, how do you think Jackson Jackson Carmen played uh, down the stretch there? And, uh, did he... Yeah, I, th- I thought Jackson came in and uh, and and uh, and played well in in big critical games, and uh, and and that's important. That's what we want. You know, if if you're not going to be a starter, you have to prepare like a starter, and you got to be able to go in and play well. And I thought Jackson did that. You know, I thought Jackson showed that his development is continuing, and uh, and that uh, he's got a future in our league. And and I was pleased to see him go in there and give us a chance. Do you think he can be a starter? Do you think he can be a starter eventually? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it depends on who else is with us. <laughs> you know, it depends on yeah, it depends on the group, you know, and depends on his continued development, and those will be uh, those will be uh, uh, things that uh, Zach and Frank and Brian Callahan have to uh, have to uh, work through. You know, a few interesting things here, Jay. Um, I-, I came away from this a little surprised um, in a few things said about Jonah Williams, and we've kind of heard about him. Um, look, he's a left tackle. He's been left tackle for four years. They've bet on development. One thing that Dukes, it depends on who's with us. And that was talking about Jackson Carmen, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of depends on who's with us. And Zach Taylor talking to us backed that up too. He was asked about the fluid situation with Collins and whether he would come back and whether Jackson would play and all these kind of moving pieces and was asked specifically if Jonah could end up moving to right tackle if they're committed to him at left once he comes back healthy from his his knee surgery. And Zach said, that's a hard thing to answer. I thought Jonah did a nice job for us at left tackle, so we'll continue to get through the offseason and see where our team is at. Jonah Williams playing left tackle was a hard thing to answer. Mm-hmm. Notable. Notable. Considering maybe a move, which opens you up to maybe signing a left tackle if that's what you're talking about or or whatever the draft may turn out if you feel like you get somebody that's worthwhile there I do think it opens themselves up to looking into options there and I was a little surprised to hear um not exactly having the full vote of confidence behind Jonah Williams starting left 
tackle uh, in 2023. And we did hear that at the pre-camp luncheon at Mock yeah. Turtle Soup. He he is our left tackle. It was they were definitive about that. I thought it was interesting that that Duke kind of pushed off that question and said that's a question for Zach. Yep. And yeah. I mean, it is, but those conversations have to be happening. If they think that he's better suited to move somewhere else, you better believe that they're they're trying to figure out a plan at left tackle and it's going to affect the way they draft and the way they attack free agency. Um so I I don't know. I know they're just starting the process, uh, but still I thought I thought that was interesting that that Duke kind of passed that one off to Zach. Yeah, and telling. And so I think it opens you up. To, I, I just think they're, they're open options, and they're looking at it. And again, we'll talk to uh, Frank Pollock uh, tomorrow and, and Brian Callahan. And so we'll, we'll bring you a little bit more. We're going to have another episode on Thursday to bring you a little bit more of, of what they're saying and, and following up on some of these topics and things that we do hear from them. But it does sound like when you talk about what the line could look like, they're keeping all options open. And, and I think that, you know, leaves the door open for whoever. I mean, Taylor Lewan jer- jer- jersey swaps are happening right now on the Internet. He said he'd come. He, the Bengals need a left tackle, Taylor said <laughs> on his podcast, Bustin' with the Boys. And I didn't know that they needed a left tackle. Maybe I just found out. <laughs> and so you know and i'm not saying that would happen i'm not saying that's where they would go but uh, i do think the clear willingness to potentially move jonah williams um is interesting when you start talking about directions that they could go in free agency um it, with whoever they get which brings us to free agency um something that i wrote about uh recently the move from build to sustain means less involvement in free agency. You heard, if you listen to this podcast, from Stephen Radicevich, director of pro scouting, Mike Potts, director of college scouting, talked about that concept and how it changes the way they operate going forward. Duke Tobin sort of talked about that. But the other thing we talked about is the concept of going all in. Right, it was, go on. You had the coaching staff back. You got the rookie deal at the end. You've been so close these last two years. Go for it, right? And what does that mean? And Duke Tobin has said previously, not going to mortgage future years, not something we're interested in doing. There's not going to be some all the concept of all in. So both of those two topics I just mentioned were broached. Here's Duke Tobin on that. Along those same lines, Duke, how does that affect um, everything else you need to do in terms of roster building, in terms of pre- evaluating the free agency market? Or is it in an island? Is it in its own bubble? I mean, roster building is, is cyclical. We're, we're heading into a, a phase of our roster building that, that's going to be more focused internally than externally. Uh, it doesn't mean we won't be looking for opportunities externally, but we won't be trying to build our team from the external UFAs. We're, we're going to be trying to maintain our team from from the guys that have proven that they they belong and can uh, effectively win for the Cincinnati Bengals. And and so while 
while we always will look at free agency, it, it might be a little bit different mindset. You've talked pretty openly about not being into the all-in, not going to mortgage future years for all-in now. Being so close the last two years, does it push you to say, man, our whole staff's had... coming back. Like, let's Maybe we push a little harder on all-in this year. Oh, we push hard every year. Yeah. We push hard every year. Just because you spend more doesn't mean you're going to have a better team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you spend the appropriate amount to get the players that you want, and mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're after. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, yeah. Are, are we pushing? We're pushing. Yeah. You know, we always push. What What has being so close the last two years done to you? <laughs> Besides maybe make your heart <laughs> skip a couple beats. It's... Um, fun it's rewarding it uh it's what you're in it for you know it's uh you want to give yourself the chance at the end of the season to uh to have a big result and, and we've been in position a couple of years now to, to have that big result and, uh we've got a lot of guys who know how to get to that point and uh, i think a lot of guys that know how to win it all and uh so we're, we're looking forward to retooling and going after it again all right let's just take a quick break and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's Duke Tobin talking a little bit about the concept of going all in. So it's so it's so and calculated is what you want to like your GM, de facto GM, to be calculated, you know, not knee jerk. Um and, and I and I think we do get into semantics with all in, right? We we hear all about that. I gotta go for it. It's just like that extra uncomfortable go for it is just not who they're gonna be because mm-hmm. they believe that's what's gonna sustain them from being in the mix every year. And and that what has happened the last two years and this year again, you know, has not changed that. And I thought, you know, that was an interesting thing. Duke pointing out that basically, yeah, my philosophy is not going to change just because we were close and we are close. And it, it makes sense because you, yeah, you can go all in, but that, like he said, just because you spend more money doesn't mean you have a better team. There's no guarantees and you go all in and then you see yourself in cap situations or other situations you know, the, the Rams having the worst record of any returning Super Bowl champion, you know, you, you go all in and it doesn't happen and there's no guarantee it will. And then you're, you're just stuck for the next couple of years and you have to rebuild it all over again. And this is the more sustainable model. And they, they were so close to the last couple of years and they don't need to, they need to make improvements obviously to, to get to the mountaintop, but 
they don't have to throw everything at it and, and go for everything in 2023. And even if they did, even if you, if you looked out on the horizon and you saw, you know, there were a much, a bunch more players that were about to get paid huge. And it's like, okay, this is the last big shot. I still don't think they would do it because you're right. That's it as much has changed about this organization. Some of the, the basic tenets and the philosophy doesn't seem like it's ever going to. And we talked about things changing from, from mock turtle soup till now with the Jonah Williams, this, this exact topic was broached at the pre-camp luncheon. And he said the same thing. Every year is important to us. Not one year is more important than another one. And it's just, you're you're right. They're they're not going to change from that. And, and really, I don't think they should, because again, there is no guarantee if you go for it, that you're going to get it. Yeah. And there's two sides to the coin on this. You know, I, I, you know, we can talk about how the Rams, you know, found themselves in, in a mess and they're trying to figure things out. They also have rings. Yeah. They got a championship, you know, and, and that matters. I, I, I do, believe, I do think this, the, the concept of giving yourself, keeping yourself as close to being in the mix every year, when, especially when you have Burrow, yeah. like just continue to keep enough pieces that he can lift you up is, is where, how you eventually break through. But I get the, I get the other side. It, that says, you know, just just really go for it right now and this year. Um, but yeah, that's that's not who they're going to be. It's it's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, those are the clips. I, we want to touch on a few other things um, that were brought up today, real quick before we get out of here. Um, let's talk about Joe Mixon. He was brought up a bunch today, specifically talking about. Do you see him around on your roster this year? Was he productive enough? And um, Duke Tobin was quoting Kyle Malone and saying, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin. I don't know if he'll be in the, excuse me. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be around. I don't know. And and so I, I think the point there is it, it was not a ringing endorsement day for Joe Mixon here. No. And it, I mean, it. It it was everything they said is we like him. We like what he's been for us. It was it, it's not like they were talking about him in the past tense, but everything they like about him is in the past. And you look at the you look forward and and so much of it was I can't predict the future and and quoting Kevin Malone from the office. I just thought that was a, a weird thing to to drop in there with the I don't know. But it 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 does. They're not going to come out and say it. They're not going to, they don't have to make the decision right now. So they're not going to, but um, there were a couple guys on this roster. Um, and I don't know that I would put LC in that one yet, but there was a couple guys that it, it just, you, you got the sense that, yeah, that this is probably it. I don't want to say they're as good as gone, but you, you, Joe Mixon, uh, you can throw Jermaine Pratt, uh, Jesse Bates in there. It just, the, you didn't have to go deep in between the lines to to understand what they were saying. Yeah, I, I, you're right on on all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing the thing to remember with Mixon and one thing that was mentioned was look, um, they want to try to find ways to keep all the players that they like on their roster. Okay, <laughs> the fact is they don't need to find a way to keep Joe Mixon if they wanted to keep him. Right. He's under contract. The point is, they are the point that I thought stood out to me was 
they're going to have to find a way if they want to actually keep Joe Mixon, which means doing what they never have done, which is restructure his contract. Joe Mixon take a pay cut, and a substantial one probably. I just don't know that he'll do that. I I just I, I know that's what they're gonna do is they're gonna take a look um at some of the other running backs. Um but Joe, I just don't see Joe wanting to take a pay cut. No. And I, I thought it was it. I mean, he didn't just say Duke Duke didn't just say there's things that need to do. He he actually brought up the the reshaping. I think he said reshaping instead of restructuring, but he he brought that possibility up, even though it's something that they never do. And you know, maybe they do. Maybe they go to Joe and say, are you willing to do this? And maybe he goes the way that Giovanni Bernard says, and hell no, I'm under a contract. I'm going to, I want a, the contract honored. And, but it, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's a path forward for him to come back the way they were talking today. Yeah, certainly not possibility, one, but cer- certainly not one that involves him making what he's making. What he's under. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and being a $12 million cap hit. Like that's, it's it's not feasible. It's not the way things are going to go forward. Um, so that said, it, Collins, I think, and it's important to remember on these things. If you're waiting for this to happen tomorrow, it's not. Like, they don't need to make these decisions. In fact, we've discussed the advantages of the June, the, the post June one designation. Um, it, if you, you know, they don't need to cut Joe Mixon. It'd be stupid to cut Joe Mixon tomorrow. Right. I mean, you you want to wait and see how free agency and the draft play out. And at that point, then you make decisions. Or in August, you make decisions about whether somebody's going to survive and and stay on your team. Um don't make the move before you have the answer already in place. You've got to know what ends up falling to you. Is it a second round running back? Is it a first round running back? Is it Bajan Robinson? Is it you know who what is it? Is it a fourth round pick? Is it bringing Samaje Pirine back? Who knows? I think they want to see how all those negotiations go and how the draft goes and then see what you got and make your decisions that are in front of you. And, and you know, so we'll see how that all plays out. The same for LC, which, you know, you specifically heard Duke talking about. Let's see how the rehab goes, see what he looks mm-hmm. like. And then maybe there's an injury settlement that happens right before camp. He's just not there yet. We clearly are. He's not going to be the answer for us. And maybe we'll, maybe the writing will be on the wall for that after the draft and free agency. If they go and acquire people and draft people, we, we know what happens next. Um, so I, I think both of those situations are going to be wait and sees where you see what happens with the draft and free agency. And then those decisions come a little bit further down the line. Uh, other notes, Jay, you mentioned Bates and Pratt. Um, yeah, I don't think it looks great for either of those coming back. I mean, Bates' market, I think, is going to be strong. Mm. And and whether it's Atlanta or Cleveland or whoever, uh, Cleveland you know, let, is going to let go of John Johnson. So it, it, they'll ha- they'll need safeties. Um, they're going to be looking to clear cap space, and, and potentially Bates could be a move for them. Atlanta has a bunch of money. They just released Marcus Mariota, which cleared even more cap space. They're up there. They need safety help. You know, Bates is having dinner with Kyle Pitts and all the the Atlanta Falcons guys that are, have the same agent. So um, it does seem certainly everyone discussing with a writing on the wall element that we've known has been the case for a long time that Jesse Bates hits free agency and leaves. Um, We should wrap this up with the way it wrapped up today. Drew Chrisman, 
not a ringing endorsement day for Drew Christman. At all. At all. Yeah, the uh, concept of Drew Christman being back next year is brought up, and eh, competition will be good. Competition will be good. Uh, what that means, uh, Drew, Drew Christman will be in a competition that he's probably pegged to lose. Yeah. I mean, because I asked Zach that, and it was he. It wasn't like the session was going long. Sometimes you get a short answer like that. It's a hint that okay, the the person wants to get this wrapped up, and it was supposed to be a fifteen minute sec- session, and we were only on about minute ten or eleven. And I, I did. I asked him if if he feels good about going into twenty twenty three with Christmas as the punter, or if he expects to see a punting competition in camp. And you said it. He he said competition is always good. And I I also ask about the would that be a position they would consider drafting? And he didn't rule it out. He said he gave the pushed it off. We'll have to see where the value lies. Um, But I know a lot of you guys uh, went with a rookie on the mock offseason to choose your own adventure. Some of you even elected to pay a free agent punter three million dollars to come in and replace Chrisman. (laughs) It it certainly feels like. you know, you don't you don't want to hang up on a guy after one year, and it wasn't even one year; it's half a year before he took over for for Huber. But he had to; it took him a while to beat Huber out, and now he's going to have to take on another contender in training camp. And you're right; I think whoever that contender is is probably going to go into it being the favorite. Yeah, uh, you know, don't kick a line shot right down the middle at the end of the AFC Championship game if you want to keep your job. Uh, All right. On that note, again, we'll be back Thursday um, recording down from Radio Row down here in Indianapolis, um, and we'll have an episode for you with more on all our conversations that we'll have tomorrow uh, with a number of assistants and other things that we're hearing as we go out and about here in Indianapolis. Um, Maybe work in the late night circuit if you got to do it. Sometimes you just got to do it because it's the job, Jay. Sometimes you got to work the late night circuit. I used to live for that, but it's getting harder and harder. Much harder. Uh, (laughs) All right. So thanks, everybody, uh, for listening to this. And we will talk to you on Thursday. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.